Good morning, everybody. Um, I have something really important to tell you. Uh, I was just back in the choir room backstage, and Chris showed me this video. Well, I've already seen it twice, but I don't know. If, if any of you are feeling down this week at any time or you're sad, look up the video on Facebook of the woman who bought the Chewbacca mask at Kohl's, and she can't stop laughing. It's one of the funniest things ever. I, that has nothing to do with anything that I have to say today, but I just really wanted to tell you that. Um, <laughs> But today is, today is a special day. It's a day where we have a lot of cool stuff happening during service and during the day. And uh, one of those things, you know, we just, we just experienced child dedication. And uh, today we are also honoring our graduating seniors from high school and from college. And so I just want to take a, take a moment to, could, if you're a graduating senior, could you stand up? There we go. Yep. I know was like, oh, sit down. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a prayer for them. If you could just kind of, if you have a senior around your area, kind of just like reach your arm out in their direction. You don't have to like touch them. They don't get awkward, but like just reach your arm in their direction and pray for them. Join me in this prayer for them as they, as they move this next stage in life. God, thank you so much for, for the opportunity to go to school. Thank you so much for the seniors we have in this room, for the seniors we don't have in this room, God, um, Thank you for the things that you've taught them so far and the things that you will teach them in the future, God. And I just pray that you would send them out in an amazing way, that they would be filled with your Holy Spirit and that you would be leading them everywhere they go as they make this next transition in life, as they go through happy times, sad times, good times, bad times, tough times, Lord, joyful times. Lord, just be with them. And would your presence be with them everywhere they go and that they would always know that you are God and that they would always be willing to look to serve you wherever they are. Um, God, I pray for, for safety for them and I pray for just an amazing future in you. And uh, we love you and it's in your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yeah, we have, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. This is a, so many seniors graduating. It, it, it makes me really sad in, in some ways because I know that they're not gonna be with me anymore, but, but also joyful and happy to see that they are really moving on into the next stage in life, becoming adults. And it's an exciting thing. And if you're a senior, graduating senior from college, good job. I know how that feels like a year ago, that was me. It's an amazing feeling, but just congratulations for everything you guys have done. We are also having a uh, celebration this evening um, down on the other end in the chapel um, for graduating seniors. Everyone's welcome to attend that. Um, it's, it's not just for seniors. We want to be there to celebrate with them and stuff. But uh, if you're a senior, um, you know, we, we, we want you to be there especially. And, uh, you know, in the, if you look in the bulletin, we have names of names and schools where, where people have graduated. If you submitted information, you're in there. If you didn't submit information, you missed it. I just want you to know that we are honoring you too. This isn't just about the people on the list. This is about everybody as a member of North Terrace, everybody that's a guest at North Terrace, everybody. We're honoring all seniors. So, so thanks for being here. And, uh, it's an exciting time, exciting time. I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. That's where we're going to be today. Um, and before we get started, while, we're, while you're turning there, I just want to ask you a question. Do you like good news? Good news? We like good news. Well, I like good news too. Is it okay if I share with you some good news today? All right, well, the good news today is that Chicago Cubs are in first place. They have the best record in baseball. And it feels good as a Cubs fan, you know, because it's not always like that for me. But uh, it's, it's cool. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm one of those annoying sports fans. When my team's doing well, I'm going to be obnoxious and annoying about my team. Here's one of the ways I'll do that. I just want to show you my socks I wore today. My Chicago, <laughs> Chicago Cubs socks 
favorite socks. Can't wait. I'm going to wear them in my wedding. It's going to be awesome. But uh, I already have permission. I already have permission. But, uh, but the Cubs, right? They're doing awesome. It's exciting. I love sports. I love watching sports. I love playing sports. I love sports talk shows. You know, I love all the different things about sports. I like analyzing sports, comparing teams, comparing players, deciding which team's better, which player's better. Is it LeBron? Is it, is it Stephen Curry? Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry. <laughs> but, but it's exciting. It's fun. It's, it's analyzing sports and comparing who's better and who's not. And it's fun, especially when, you know, you have the best record in Major League Baseball with your team. That's fun. But it's not so fun when your team's not doing well. All of a sudden, it's like, this isn't, this isn't too fun. If you're an Ohio State fan, I'm sure you can relate to being an annoying sports fan just like me when the Cubs are doing well because it's always, whoo, Ohio State, right? And good for you. I'm telling you, you know what it feels like to win. That's great, but it's a good feeling. And, uh, but when it's not going well, you've had seasons where it's not going well, it's frustrating and, it's, and sometimes a little bit painful. What's worse is when that whole comparison attitude goes from sports and, and leaves that arena and enters into our lives. And we start comparing ourselves to other people. And we start to feel like, you know, I'm not good enough. Honestly, start to realize I'm not good enough. I remember when I realized that I wasn't gonna be a major league baseball player. I realized that in about fifth grade, I think it was, fourth, fifth grade, I realized, hmm. You know, it, up until that point, people ask me, what are you gonna be when you grow up? First baseman for the Cubs, 100%. And, and I realized, well, no, I'm not good enough. And I'm never gonna be good enough to do that. And you realize that what you've got just isn't good enough sometimes. I want to start in uh, verse one here in Second Kings chapter four and uh, get on with our story today. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as slaves. So basically what's happening here is something similar to declaring bankruptcy. So uh, for those of you who, who may not be fully familiar with the process of what happens during bankruptcy, is, I, I wasn't fully familiar. I, I researched some stuff to find out, make sure I knew what I was talking about. But uh, what basically happens is you take out loans. I've taken out plenty of college loans. I know how that feels to owe people money. Um, you've taken out a mortgage. You've taken out car loans, whatever kind of loans you've taken out. You owe somebody money. And when you come to a point where you realize, I don't have the money, and I need to make payments, but I can't afford it. That is when someone might file for bankruptcy. And this situation that this woman is in is her husband is, has, has borrowed money from somebody, from some kind of a creditor, and all of a sudden uh, just dies. And this is a man of God. This is somebody who he had every intention on honoring, you know, the, the, paying back the money that he owed, but he died before he had a chance to do that. He never would have wanted to, to have left his wife with this kind of debt, but it happened. And it's, it's something in life that just happened. And so she's left with this debt. It's pushed onto her and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what to do. She has no money. She has, she has no assets. She has nothing. And so basically during, during, during bankruptcy, you would, give, they would, you would give some of your assets, some of the things that you own. And those would be like, what would you use as payment? to pay off your debt. And so this lady has nothing. And so we, we get to this verse where it's talking about her sons becoming slaves. Well, the reason her sons are becoming slaves is because if you had nothing at that time, she had no money to pay. She had nothing to give. She had nothing. And, and so they were gonna take her sons as slaves as payment. That's how the law worked at that time is that if you can't afford to pay somebody, you gotta work it off somehow. 
she's probably not physically able to go do the work that needs to be done, so they're going to take her two boys as slaves. Now, I can't imagine uh, that feeling. I cannot imagine the, the things that she's going through, just like one after the other after the other, and now she's about to lose her boys, and, and so she comes to Elisha for help. She says, Elisha, they're going to take my two boys. They're going to take them as slaves. What do I do? And he responds in verse two. He says that Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Basically, she says, Elisha, I have nothing. I have absolutely nothing. This is all that I have. Of everything, (laughs) this is all she has, this small jar of olive oil to pay off her debt. And I'm in the way of the TV. I just realized that. Way to go, third service. But, 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 she, but she realizes that she has nothing to pay off her debt. And so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about being in a rut. We talked about how we, life can get us down in those ways. But we talked about the main point was that God is greater than your rut. Now, guess what? You heard that two weeks ago, or maybe you didn't, maybe you weren't here two weeks ago. But, but the problem is some of you are still in a rut. Some of you have said, well, what happened? Why is, this, why is this still happening to me? It hasn't changed. You're still in a rut. You're dealing with the loss of a loved one. Grieving, mourning, the pain, trying to understand why this happened, trying to put the pieces together, but it just doesn't all make sense to you. Sometimes probably even looking around saying, God, where are you? Where are you? You're in a rut. Maybe you're in a financial rut. Maybe you don't know uh, how, how the next bill is going to get paid. Maybe that's a week-to-week thing for you where it's paycheck to paycheck, still trying to figure out how you're going to get by. Maybe you had some kind of emergency medical thing happen, something you couldn't do anything about, and now you have all these medical bills that you're expected to pay back. You owe money to a creditor, not fun. Maybe you feel a little bit of guilt in some ways. Maybe you feel like, well, I really could have done something to change this. I really could have done something to make this better, to, to, to not let myself get to this point. You're feeling that kind of guilt. Or maybe, maybe you're not feeling guilt and you're just like, God, why has this happened? There's some of the things that have happened here I couldn't have done anything about and now I'm here. But you're in a rut. Maybe you're in this rut where you feel like your family is just falling apart. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've had a falling out with close friends or close relatives Maybe you're not getting along with your kids. Maybe you're one of the parents of a graduating senior who's about to go to college and you feel like you're losing them. Where are they going to go? What are are they going to do? You feel like you're not going to see them anymore. You feel like you're losing them. Now think about this woman in the story. Put yourself in her shoes. Her rut was so terrible. It was so deep. She was dealing with all three of those things at the same time. She's mourning the loss of her husband. Her husband had just died and she's mourning his loss. And what's the last thing you want to do when you're grieving and mourning? Talk about money. Nobody wants to talk about that. But, but because of the, the chain of events that happened, her husband's died. Now she has people after her for money. They want her money. She didn't have the money. She didn't have anything to give them other than this. And she's about to lose her two sons now. It's like one thing after another. And now she's about to lose her two sons. This is like the rut of ruts. She's about to lose everything. And she says, I have nothing left other than this small jar of olive oil. But here's our main point for today. 
And I want you to write this down. I'm not a huge um, person at like making notes because I just don't think I'm good at it, whatever. But, but I want you to write this one down. This is something I really want you to write down. This is something I want you to keep that God is greater than what you've got. God is greater than what you've got. Let's see what happens here as we continue in verse three. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. And he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and she told the man of God, Elisha. And he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. This woman had nothing left, nothing. And God said to her, my child, I am greater. I am greater. This reminds me of something that that Jesus did in the New Testament, um, Jesus did a lot of cool things, right? He's going around, he's traveling around, people are following him, he's, he's performing miracles, he's healing the sick, he's healing people, he's, and, and he comes to this point where he's teaching and, and this, this really difficult moment, like could be like a rut for Jesus and his disciples is that he finds out that John the Baptist has just died, he's just been executed, he's just been beheaded. And so I'm sure the disciples and, and Jesus are like, what the heck? And, and so the disciples come to Jesus, it's getting late and they're still thousands of people following him. And the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, send the crowds away so that they can, they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Just want them to go away. But Jesus said, they don't need to go away. Just give them something to eat. Okay, okay. There's, there's 5,000 men, not including their wives and their kids. That's thousands of people. And the disciples are like, well, we have, we have five pieces of bread and we have two fish. Jesus said, bring them to me. So they bring the bread and they bring the fish to Jesus. On that day, they fed over 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and a couple fish. The disciples went to pick up the leftovers afterward. They picked up 12 basketfuls of leftover food. So first the disciples said, Jesus, we don't have enough to feed these people. We We only have enough to feed a few people, maybe even ourselves. And Jesus said, you know what? I am greater than what you've got. I am greater. Can I be honest about something? I struggle with this. I struggle with this on a regular basis. I have days where I feel almost depressed because of the things that I do wrong. Because I don't think that I have the skills and the abilities that I should have in order to do what I think God wants me to do. Because I have ADHD and I can barely focus if if I don't have my medicine. Because I'm not the best preacher in the world. As a matter of fact, most of the time, I don't honestly feel like a good preacher a lot of the times. I really don't. That's just how I feel about myself a lot of the time. Because I have a sin problem. If you don't have a sin problem, you have a lying problem. We all have a sin problem. If you ever reach a point where you say you don't have a sin problem, there's a problem, right? I have a sin problem that bothers me. I have moments when I treat people in a way that is not godly. When I treat people in a way as if they're not a child of God in an ungodly manner. I have times when I fail because I make a selfish decision. 
I have times when I don't feel ready. I don't feel fully equipped to do what God is calling me to do. I don't feel like I know enough about God. I don't feel like I know enough to tell people about God. And I, I don't have all the answers. There are so many ways I can look at myself and say, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. But can I give you a truth? I'm not good enough. I'm not. It's true. And you're not good enough. Motivational speech today, huh? You are not good enough. But it's true. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. And, and if you ever reach a point where you feel like I'm good enough, I know everything, I do everything right, I'm perfect, and I'm exactly where I need to be, you know what you've just said to God? You've said, God, I don't need you anymore. I don't need you anymore because I can do it on my own power. I don't need your power. We need God's power. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to God if you believe that, that you are going to be able to do everything on your own power. You are always going to need him. See, I don't have every earthly thing that I need. I make mistakes. I don't have all the talent in the world and I'm not the complete package like I would like to be. But here's the deal. When I feel like this, God says, I am greater than what you've got. That's what God says to me. And he says the same thing to you. I think we all know, I think we all understand, at least grasp the concept that we're not gonna be perfect. You're not gonna be perfect. I'm not gonna be perfect. That's kind of like a cliche thing to say. Nobody's perfect except Jesus, right? But, but we all know that. But why is it that sometimes I have such a hard time accepting that? When you realize that you're not perfect, you pout about it, you whine, you feel sorry for yourself, you get down on yourself. If you're anything like me, you forget that God is greater than your shortcomings. That's me. That's me. And I'm sure some of you can relate to that. But then guess what happens when I get in that mindset, when I feel like I'm not good enough, when I feel like I can't do it, when I feel like, wow, I'm just failing and, and I'm never gonna be able to do whatever God wants me to do. Every time I do that, God shows up and does something awesome. And he reminds me that he is greater than all things. He reminds me that no matter how messed up I am, he can work and he will work. And working with our students, I see this happening every single day. I see students making decisions to become followers of Jesus. I see students baptizing their friends. I see small group leaders having an amazing impact on our high school and our middle school students. I can't stop that from happening. It's going to happen. I hear that something that I said somehow had an impact on a student even though I feel like I did a terrible job saying it, I communicated it terribly and I feel like it was a terrible job. Somehow God will work through that anyway. I see God working and I hear God saying to me, Stephen, I am greater than what you've got. And I'm reminded of the book of Ephesians uh, where it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. His power. Whose power? His power, not my power, not your power, not our power, his power. It's God's power. If we reach a point where we're trying to use our own power to do our own things, our own way, we're doing our own work. We're not doing God's work. But it's through his power that we reach the immeasurably more. The only way that we can reach that immeasurably more that God has for us is by accepting the fact that we're not working on our own power and that it's God's power that is working. 
I want you to watch this video about two people who truly, truly understand this concept. You ever heard an amazing story? You know one that stirs your heart and your mind as you learn the details? Well, I'm excited that today you get to learn the story of Cody and Ashley. Cody is a Green Beret who suffered a severe head trauma during a tour of duty in Afghanistan. And over the last two years, he's been undergoing extensive physical uh, therapy and rehab to regain his motor skills, his physical ability. In the early years of their marriage, Cody and Ashley have moved back to Zanesville and, and recently bought the Headley Inn down on Route 40 and are refurbishing it to be a bed and breakfast. But what you'll get to hear today, I believe, will be something that will inspire you and stir you to trust God even more. What was one of the things you remember about being a kid? Uh, 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 Idaho, it's uh, uh, beaver gun, beaver gun. Bam, 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 all the time. <laughs> so the, root, the, roots of you, the roots of you being a guy who liked to shoot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. His mom said that he used to, she, she wouldn't let him have toy guns, so he used to chew his graham crackers into the shape of a gun. <laughs> two-step and I was actually two-stepping with a girlfriend of mine and his his friends aren't very nice so <laughs> well they first they try to get me to dance with to teach him how to two-step and he's standing there and he's like not a dancer no nope. <laughs> he's, he's actually doing that so no. I don't want to dance the green beret was scared <laughs> yes Shoot that! <laughs> we just kind of got to talking, and um, he told me his name was Ben Harper, and that he was in real estate. <laughs> and then he invited me on a date. He got his truck stuck, and um, we're walking like five miles to where we can get cell phone service. And he goes, "Oh, hey, by the way, my name's Cody, and I'm in the army." <laughs> And I was mad. <laughs> he said, well, I had to make sure you weren't crazy. I said, you're the one that took me on the middle of nowhere, got stuck where we have no service and tell him your, your actual name or maybe it's a fake name, I don't know. <laughs> but I wasn't mad enough that I didn't go on another date with him. I, mean, I liked him. He was all right. How many times did you go to Afghanistan? Oh, uh, one. It's like, oh, man. Uh, uh, it's like, oh, come on, come on, come on, but blown up, it's like, oh, man, one time, and that's it, it's like, oh. Cody, do you remember much of what happened that yeah, day? Yeah, 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 uh, uh, it's like, uh, right there, right there, it's like, oh, and it's, uh, 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 oh, come on, come on, come on, uh, uh, houses, houses or whatnot, it's like, oh, okay, okay, uh, what, okay, uh, what happened? And then that's it. Um, when I first got the phone call, um, I went out to the bottom of my yard every night and prayed every single night, um, you know, to, to heal him and prayed that he would make it through. Um, and he's just, he's a walking miracle. He, he was told that he wouldn't walk. Um, and he was up and walking and like, Man, he went from a power wheelchair to a regular wheelchair to a walker to a cane in probably three or four months. He found that strength and he just, he just,
pushed he pushes through it. He pushes through everything. He's very he's a very strong individual. He's very inspiring to a lot of people, to include me. <laughs> <laughs> always here. We work pretty much seven days a week. We come out here and come down here in the mornings. Between the three acres of, you know, just lawn work that we have to do, we do we do lawn work. We've been constructing this pavilion back here. We, we're just constantly moving. Shovel a lot of screenings. Cody gets out there with his one hand and shovels. I mean, we've shoveled probably 50 tons of screenings. I actually really enjoy seeing Cody out there doing things that he forgot how to do and kind of relearning them with my dad you know, because he's not someone who wants to sit around and, and do nothing and he's you know considered unemployable but this this way he could still get out there and work. What would you say if somebody's going through a hard time? Maybe it's not an IED but it's a hard season that they feel like life blew up. What would you tell them so that they don't lose hope to encourage them? Uh, pray, 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 pray. Hey, hey, it's good. Hey, come on, come on, come on. It's good. Ashley, you want to add to that? Yeah, pray and, and trust. Trust. Right? Mm -hmm. Just trust that everything is, is more than likely happening for a reason. And there's a plan. And it will get better. Whether or not you think he's there or not, he's there. When you get through it all, you kind of learn that he's been there all along. God is greater than everything. Can I, can I just have Cody and Ashley, could you stand up? That's God's power. That's what that is. Isn't it cool when, you guys can sit back down, you're going to have to stand up in a second anyway. But isn't it cool when you feel like that's all you got? And that's all you have? And God shows up with this. That is what you get when you become a follower of Jesus. That's what Cody and Ashley have. That's what I have. That's what many of you have. And I just want you to know, last Sunday was our baptism Sunday. It was awesome. We had so many people get baptized, but there's never a day that you can't do that. There's never a day when it's too late. And so I just want to ask that if you stand during worship today, while you're standing, um, if, you, if that's you and it's, it's time for you to, to, to get that, come on forward.